I don't know how it is for you, but I certainly do consider myself fortunate. When I was a child, my parents told me that there would be times in my life when I wouldn't think that they knew what they were doing. And they were correct. There were times in my life when my parents shared things or did things that I didn't think they had a clue as to what they were doing. But they told me that one day I would understand most of what they were trying to do, uh, even though it didn't make sense at the time. I do believe that I am where I am today in part because of the way that I was raised. I do know that Christ had a big part of it as well, but, I, but as I look and think about what my parents tried to ingrain into me, it is the reason that I am where I am today, because of my parents. They certainly can't take the blame for everything that I did, but they certainly do deserve the credit for a lot of things. And I do think that I've benefited from the way that I was raised, uh, and including uh, me coming to know Christ as Savior. This morning, as we continue journeying through Thessalonians, we come to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we want to hone in this morning on verses 4 through 11. In this passage, we see Paul speaking to the people of Thessalonica, and he's speaking to them about the day of the Lord. And he shares with them about the benefits of being children of light. And so this morning, as we dive into this passage, let's read 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 4 through 11 together, and then we'll dive into it and begin to pick it apart. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4, reads this way. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Now, as we dive into this passage this morning, there are three headings that we're going to use to kind of guide us and direct us through this. The first thing we see is differences of the children examined. The second thing we see is behavior of children examined. And the third thing we see is the destiny of the children examined. Before we dive into this, let's just pause for a moment and pray. Father, we are grateful for this day that you've given to us. We are so grateful for the opportunity that we have to gather around your word, to be able to look into your word. And Father, I'm thankful that as we look into your word, we can look into it and see it in our native tongue. And I pray, Father, as we look into it, that it would speak to our hearts, Lord, that our hearts would hear it in a language that our hearts can understand. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch our hearts, and I pray, Lord, that as we look into your word this morning, that we will be able to say that we have heard from you. Give us clarity of thought. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Give us clarity of hearing, Lord, so that we can hear from you today. Father, we pray all of these things in your Son's perfect name. Amen. Amen. 
Now, as we dive into this passage this morning, the first thing we want to look at are the differences of the children. And we want to examine those differences this morning. Look at verse 4 with me. It says, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Now, as you look at verse 4 there, verse 4 in my Bible begins with but. And so as we read that, we know there's a contrast that's taking place. Last week when we were together, we saw Paul begin speaking about the day of the Lord. We see here in verse 4 that he says, For that day to surprise you like a thief. It's the day of the Lord that he's speaking about here in this instance. And notice that he says, But you brothers... In chapter 5, verse 1, he was talking about those who were going to go through the day of the Lord. Look at verse 1. It says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers. So we know that there's a contrast that's taking place here. The time, the day of the Lord will be a time of judgment that's going to take place. God will pour out his judgment on those who are unbelieving and that sudden destruction will come upon them. And you notice that there in verse 3. That sudden destruction will come upon them. He's talking about we, he's talking about us, but the sudden destruction is going to come upon them, those who do not believe. He says, they will not escape. Speaking about those who are unbelievers. And then we see the word, but, but you, brothers. This contrast, this change of direction takes place here. He was speaking about them, about the unbelievers. Now he brings this and speaks to them, speaking to them as believers. He's been talking about unbelievers, but now he moves and begins to focus on believers. And he says to them, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. He says, you, speaking to believers, are not in darkness, brothers. Again, we see that affectionate term. This thought, these unbelievers, they are in darkness. But you, brothers, are not in this darkness. Paul is speaking and sharing this with those believers. He says in verse 4, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Now, as we look at this thought of darkness, darkness is simply the absence of light. I don't know if you know that or not, but scientifically speaking, darkness is the absence of light. When you go into a dark room and you can't see any light at all, there's an absence of light. But when you turn on that flashlight and that presence of light takes place, then the darkness is driven back instantaneously. The, the, the absence of light, once light is introduced, the darkness is driven back. And so darkness simply means the absence of light. We read in Scripture that God is light. 1 John 1, verse 5 says this, This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness 
at all. So as we think about this concept of darkness, and we think about darkness scientifically being the absence of light, darkness speaking spiritually is the absence of God. Unbelievers are trapped in that darkness. There's a darkness that's mental, there's a darkness that, that affects, uh, that's moral darkness, and there's a spiritual darkness. And unbelievers are trapped in that darkness. They are separated from God. He says in verse 4, But you are not in darkness, brothers. You are outside of that darkness. The day will not surprise you like a thief in the night, because you are in the light. But those who are in darkness, those who are unbelievers, that day is going to surprise them. It is going to come like a thief in the night. They are separated from God, and there's going to be those who are saying there's peace and there's security, all is well, all is peachy chain. but then the day is going to take place, and it's going to come like a thief in the night. And those who are in the darkness will be taken by surprise, and destruction will come upon them. But notice what he says in verse 5. For you are all children of light, children of the day. Now, there are a number of places in Scripture when people have dominating characteristics. And when they have those dominating characteristics, they're often associated as being children of that characteristic. Here's an example for you. Remember Barnabas. Mr. Encouragement himself. Notice what it says in Acts 4, verse 36. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. That's the same word that's used here in this children of light. The word children, this word son, is the same Greek word that's used here. Paul, or sorry, Barnabas was a man of encouragement, and so they called him Barnabas which means son of encouragement. What about John and James, those two uh, short-tempered little brothers? Jesus, we read this in Mark 3.17. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bonerges, and that is sons of thunder. Remember, they were short-tempered. They went into the village and they didn't recognize Jesus. And John says, hey, you want me to call down thunder on them? You want me to call down fire on them? You want me to remove them? They had that short fuse. They were men of anger. And so he gave them this, gave them this nickname, which means sons of thunder. Paul speaks about unbelievers. And Paul says this in Ephesians 2.2, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Now in each one of those, the sons of, there's a characteristic that's emphasized in them. There's a characteristic that, that they're identified as a son of that characteristic. Now notice what Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5. For you are children of light. Your characteristic is a characteristic of light. You are children of day. The day is the opposite of darkness. The day is opposite of the absence of light. 
There's light to your children of that day. Your, your children of that light. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Now light in scripture is used to describe the glory of God. Jesus is seen as the light of the world. It says in John 8 verse 12, again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Those trapped in darkness have rejected the light. Though Christ came and though he came to be that light, he was rejected. It says in John 1 verse 4, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Christ, where darkness is, is the absence of light. Christ came into the darkness, and those who rejected him have turned from the light, and they have not recognized the light. Paul is writing to believers. They have turned to Jesus the light. They have been rescued out of that realm of darkness and brought into the light of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As a result, they're no longer children of darkness. As a result, they are now children of light. They've been brought out of the darkness, rescued from the darkness, and placed into the light. Now notice what he says at the end of verse 5. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So he shared with them the positive side of the coin. You are children of light. And now he shares the negative side of the coin. You are not children of darkness. That is not you. And Paul is emphatic about this. This word that's used here for not means an absolute. You are absolutely not children of darkness. There's not even a gray area here. He's not saying, well, part of it is. He's saying you are absolutely not in the darkness. He has shared that they are children of light, and now he shares that you are absolutely not children of darkness. Believers no longer live in that sphere of darkness. They now live in the sphere of light. They have been delivered from the darkness. Colossians 1, verse 13 says this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. And he's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now you are children of light. Amen. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are two kinds of people in the world. When Bubba was playing football, just peewee football, we would get in the car and I would drive him to practice and I would tell him, Bubba, on the football field there's two kinds of people. There are those who hit and those are, there are those who get hit. You have the option. Even if you're running the ball, you can be one of those who hit or you can be one of those who get hit. There are two types of people in the world. There are those who are in darkness. There are those who are children of darkness. 
and there are those who are in the light. They are children of the light. And you know, we live in a day and age where they're trying to break down everything and make more of whatever. But there are only two kinds of people in the world. It doesn't matter what color your hair is. It doesn't matter if you don't have hair. There are only two kinds of people in the world. Those who are in darkness and those who are in the light. Everybody is born into this world in the darkness, separated from God. We are in that realm of darkness. But once we turn to Christ, once we turn to the light, he rescues us out of that realm of darkness and brings us into the kingdom of the light, the kingdom of Christ. And it's only by faith in Christ that we can be transferred out of that kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. That's the only way that it can happen. And so those are the differences of the two children. Children of the darkness and children of the light. And Paul shares that with them. We are no longer children of the darkness. Now he begins to speak about their behavior. He talks about the behavior of the children. The children of darkness and the children of light. He says, uh, and, you know, as we think about this behavior of children of the light, as children of the light, there needs to be a difference in our behavior. There needs to be a difference in their behavior. Ephesians 5, verse 8, Paul says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You see, now that we are children of light, there needs to be a behavior change. There has been a location change. We no longer live in that realm, in that sphere. There is a sphere change that's taken place. And our behavior is what needs to take place. Important that as children of light, that they walk as children of the light. Important as children of the light, that we walk as children of the light. They are no longer to behave as children of darkness. Now, he shares some things here. Verse 6. So then, let us not sleep as others do. You see, in the realm of darkness, those who are in the realm of darkness sleep. They are fast asleep in that realm. They are unaware of the judgment that's coming. That's why the judgment is going to come like a thief in the night. People are saying, hey, everything's peachy poochang, and they sleep in peace, thinking that they have peace, but it's a false peace. It's a false security, because they're in the darkness. They don't understand the truth. They are lost. They are without the truth. They are unaware. unaware. Spiritually, they are indifferent. Spiritually, they do not know Christ. Paul says, let us not sleep as others sleep. We can't be spiritually indifferent. He says, but let us keep awake and be sober. Keeping awake is a picture of readiness. Keeping awake is to stay alert and to be cautious. I remember when I was a kid, we would go fishing and my parents would come home on Friday night and we would load up and we would jump in the camper, tie the boat on the back and we would drive away. And where we lived, it was a, a number of hours before we would get to where we were going to fish. And it was my job to help my dad back the trailer up in the dark. And so I would jump out and he would have me guide him. 
And there were lots of times when I would be sound asleep when we would get there, and I wouldn't know where we were at. And so he would just throw me out there, and I, I would just be standing out there going, man, it's cold. It's cold out here. I wish I had a sweatshirt on. And then I'd hear my dad back over the tree or something. And he would come out and he would scream at me. Hey, why didn't you tell me there was a tree there? And I'd say, well, I don't know. I don't know. Where are we? What am I doing outside? How come I'm here? But I wasn't alert. And he would tell me, I need to wake you up an hour before we get to where we're going. And I would say, yes, you do. Because I wasn't alert. I wasn't ready. And Paul says, so then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake. Let us be ready. You know, when we're, a picture of this or a thought of this is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember when Jesus was coming and Jesus was in prayer, he knew that the cross was just a matter of hours away. And he came and he prayed and he, he fell on his knees and prayed. He told the disciples, to go and pray. And it says this in Matthew 26, 41. Jesus said, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what did the disciples do? They literally went away and literally fell asleep. They weren't alert. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared for what was coming. And Paul says, that we need to keep awake. We need not to sleep like others do. We need to not be spiritually indifferent. But we need to be aware. We need to be ready for the return of Christ. <coughs> Being sober. He says, let us keep awake and be sober. Being sober is remaining free of intoxications. When a person is intoxicated, they are controlled by a substance. Their judgment is impaired. An intoxicated person pursues sensual pleasure. An intoxicated person doesn't have self-control. An intoxicated person is not alert, makes quick judgment, doesn't, doesn't evaluate things correctly, but makes quick judgments instead. Children of the light are the opposite. We are to be self-controlled. We are to be alert and on the lookout. We are to evaluate things correctly and consider things correctly. We are not to get carried away with things. Not to be intoxicated with things and, and drug into the world by things. We need not to seek sensual pleasures. But we need to be looking to Christ and walking as children of the light. Not as children of the darkness. Notice what he says about the activities of the night. He says in verse 7, Those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, are drunk at night. This is kind of a, a self-evident observation that he makes. This is one of those no-duh kind of statements. Those who sleep, sleep at night. That's how it works, right? Unless you have a newborn. That changes everything. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. That's the way it works. Those who are in darkness sleep. Those who are in darkness are intoxicated with the things of this world. They're not alert. They're not ready. They're not mindset on Christ. We need not be that way. 
But notice the activities of the day that he mentions in verse 8. But, another contrast. Since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. This contrast is a contrast between the behavior of the night, which he's given to us in a negative way, and said, don't do those. And now he shares this, and he shares in a positive way. Let us be sober. Let us be sober. Be alert. Let us be self-controlled. He says, put on the breastplate of faith. Think about a soldier who is going into battle. A soldier who is going into battle. This is the most important piece of armor. And he says, put on the breastplate of faith and love. This is a picture of getting dressed in those things. Of, of putting on clothing. And he says, as we live in this as children of day, as, as children of the light, we need to have this breastplate of faith. This faith in Christ and faith in Christ alone. Not, not faith in Christ plus something, but faith in Christ alone. I read this uh, a little comment that was made by Adrian Rogers about this passage of Scripture. And Adrian Rogers, and I can almost hear him in the southern draw as he shares this. Your heart needs to be right with God. As children of light, we need to have this breastplate of faith. We need to have our hearts right with God. And we need to live that way. Living with hearts that are right with God. The next thing he mentions is the helmet. Another essential piece of equipment. You guys are way behind. You gotta catch up. You gotta keep on. <laughs> Another element is the is the helmet. Another essential part of the armor. The helmet protects the head. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but the enemy is always wanting to get inside of your head. Mm -hmm. And if he can move into your head and not pay rent, he really enjoys that. And he can do some work when he's in our head. But we need to have that helmet of salvation on. That hope of salvation is our hope, is our, is our helmet. And as we think about hope, it's not some, well, I hope it doesn't rain today. That's not that kind of hope. This hope is an assurance. This is our blessed hope. This is the hope of eternity that we have. That it's not some pie-in-the-sky kind of dream. We know we have that salvation. Because he who hath the Son hath life. He who hath not the Son hath not life. That's the hope we have. That's the assurance we have. And that's the helmet we must put on so that I'm not living as a child in darkness, but I'm living as a child in the light. Because I have salvation. And so this should be our behavior. We should be behaving as children of the light. As children of the day. The last thing he speaks about is our destiny. Is our destiny. I don't know about you, but just that word destiny gets me excited. 
Now, when we make our trip out west and we go to see Darcy's parents and we go see my parents, there's a destiny that we have in mind. Boy, I can't wait till we get to Wichita, Kansas. Now, that's not something you hear every day. <laughs> but that's our mindset, okay? Because that's when we get to turn the van off is when we get there. That's when everybody gets to go to the bathroom. That's when everybody gets to get snacks, okay? So that's our destiny. That's what we're looking forward to. So destiny is a is an amazing thing. And as children of light, we have an incredible destiny. As children of darkness, they have a, a terrible destiny, a destructive destiny. Look at verse 9. For God has not destined us for wrath. As children of light, we are not destined for wrath. God will judge sin. God will judge sin. Children of the light, children of light, children of the day will not face God's wrath. That is not our destiny. That is not our destiny. That is not what we're looking forward to. Because as children of light, we have a different destiny. Children of the dark, they are destined to experience God's wrath. John 3, verse 36 says this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. That is our destiny. That is the light of life, is Jesus Christ. That is our destiny. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. John 3.36, there's two kinds of people. There are those who believe and they have eternal life. There are those who don't believe and the wrath of God remains on them. Children of light, children of darkness. The wrath of God remains on those who are children of darkness. He says in verse 9, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus Christ that God's wrath can be avoided. How is that possible? Does that mean that God turns his back and ignores our sin? That's not it at all. 1 John 2, verse 2. He, speaking of Christ, is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, Jesus Christ stood and he took the wrath of God upon himself. He satisfied the wrath of God. And for everyone in this world who would turn to Christ and be in Christ, trust in Christ by faith and place in Christ by faith, we avoid the wrath to come. Because Christ has already suffered that wrath. Those who reject Christ, who want to remain children of darkness, the wrath of God will be poured out upon them. But for those of us who are in Christ, the wrath of God has been paid for by Christ, because he was our propitiation. Christ himself satisfied 
the wrath of God for us. It says in verse 10, He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. Remember what He shared back in 1 Thessalonians 4. Those who are alive in Christ will be caught up to be with Christ, and those who are dead in Christ will be caught up to be with Christ as well. That is our hope. That is what we have. The wages of sin is death, and Jesus Christ paid that price. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We're transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Now, look what he says in verse 11. Therefore, therefore, he's given us this whole argument. He's laid all of these things out. You can't see it there between verse 10, verse 10 and verse 11, but he goes, <sighs> Therefore, because of all that I've just shared with you, listen to this right here. Encourage one another and build one another up. Yes. Just as you are doing. Paul has shared this with them for their encouragement. They are facing persecution. He wants to encourage them. He has just shared with them in the first three verses of chapter 5 about the day of the Lord and how that tribulation is going to come upon them and how God is going to judge sin. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We won't go through the wrath of God because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to worry about the wrath of God because Christ has already paid for our sin. He took our wrath upon himself. It's interesting as we see this in chapter 5, Paul shares this and then he, he gets to the end here and says, uh, encourage one another. But he shared the same news when he spoke about the rapture at the end of 1 Thessalonians 4. He shared about the rapture and then how they were going to be caught up, how the dead in Christ were going to rise with those who were alive. And he said in verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians 4, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. He's just shared with us about the wrath of God being poured out upon the children of darkness. And he says, Therefore, encourage one another up. Build one another up just as you are doing. They were already encouraging one another. And Paul says, keep doing it. Keep doing it. I think this is a great reminder for us because we do live in some trying times, don't we? I don't know if you guys saw the news this week, but if you didn't, it's probably just as well. But as we look at that, I mean, we live in some trying times. We live in some discouraging times. But we need to encourage.
encourage one another. Amen. There's going to be times when, when it's not going to be easy to stand on the Word of God. And people are going to want us to bend and break and step off of what the Word of God says. We need to stand on the Word of God. And we need to gather together and stand with our brothers and sisters in Christ on the Word of God. This last Thursday, first time in a year and a half, I got to go into the high school and, and do Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I tell you, it's pretty exciting. Uh, we had six kids there, and it's down from what we usually have, but I was excited to see these six kids. And I talked to them about the purpose of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I said, the reason that we fellowship together, because we have something in common, we're, we're athletes, we have that in common. We're followers of Christ, we have that in common. We need fellowship. We need to come together to help one another. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that the early church was devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They were devoted to one another. And as you look at the persecution that was going on there, the church needed each other, holding hands with each other, arms around each other. It says they were devoted to prayer as well. We need that as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need this. We need each other Amen. to encourage one another, mm -hmm. to be here for one another. And these words that he shares here with us is a great reminder. Because our destiny, our destiny is out of this world. Literally out of this world. Mm -hmm. I remember someone when we told them that we were going to go to the ministry. Uh, we heard all of these negative things about how crazy we were and, and all of that stuff. And we had a, a lady come up beside us and she said, Man, that's so amazing. Because your retirement plan is out of this world. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that is true. But that is true of all of us. We can get caught up in our 401ks and our 401cs, but man, there's nothing like the 401 that we have. Because it's out of this world. It's out of this world. So there you have it. We see the differences of children. We see the behavior of children. And we see the destiny of children. So what do we take home from this today? I mean, what do we apply to our world and to our own lives? I think the first thing that we've got to remind ourselves is there are only two kinds of people in this world. There are only two kinds of people in this world. It doesn't matter where we're from. It doesn't matter if we're rural or city or suburbia. It doesn't matter. Two kinds of people. It doesn't matter if we're born in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere. Two kinds of people. There are those who are in darkness, and there are those who are in light. Those of us who are in the light need to be sharing the message of light. We need to be walking as children of the light, proclaiming the message of light. Jesus Christ came into this world and gave his life so that we could be rescued out of the darkness and brought into the light. Yeah. And that's a free gift. And we need to be sharing that message. And if we're here today and we've never accepted that message, we need to accept that message. Because for the children of darkness, God's wrath remains on them. 
and they need to be rescued from that. We are children of light only, and I capitalize that only, only because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. There's no other way. There's no other way. It's only by faith in Christ. Only two kinds of people in the world. And there are only two destinies in this world as well. There are only two finish lines. We can finish as a child of darkness under the wrath of God. Or we can finish as a child of light and spend eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So I think there's a question for us. Who will you choose? What will you choose? Will you choose a destiny of darkness? Or will you choose a destiny of light? I would love to make that decision for you, but I can't. It's a decision that each one of us as individuals have to make. What is your destiny? What is your destiny?